Welcome to Take Your Lead Podcast with Mzwandele Makakula, a podcast that seeks to empower you to take charge over your personal growth, development, as well as your emotional well-being. Welcome back to Take Your Lead Podcast. I'm so glad that you've joined us and that you continue to be part of a community of leaders who are intentional and purposeful about their growth. Welcome back. If you missed part one in our recent episode, I encourage you to pause and go back and listen to it. We had in studio incredible young leaders, Snovuyo, Inam, Valeria, Kinsani, Zanzibar, Nicole, um, Bumi, and incredible leaders, Zolani, um, just throwing around ideas as to how best we can intentionally have conversations or strategic rather conversations with Gen Z, be able to connect with them at a deeper level. And by so doing, being able to connect with them and see how best we can give them a seat at the table, as well as how, when they've got a seat at the table, how they need to contribute. And in this specific episode today, we'll be looking at mental health. Why does it matter? And how Gen Z is experiencing mental health. I'll just maybe start off with a bit of a short talk as just to an overview of certain key ideas as to when we speak of mental health, what do we talk to? We'll maybe brush a bit on depression, anger, anxiety, self-harm, and suicide. And one of the things, uh, part of what I, I did at a certain season in my life was being a school counselor. And being a school counselor, I was exposed to a lot of pain that Gen Z was experiencing uh, from suicide to self-harm. I'll never forget Elena who came into my office wearing a jersey. And when she pulled up the collar or the sleeve of her jersey, she literally had marks of razor cuts, which went up to the better part of her arm, which was so scary. But beyond even scary, it was so alarming to me because it spoke to the pain that she was carrying. I remember her saying to me, this is how I actually, it's an outlet to the pain that I feel internally so that because I cannot be able to express it, I'd rather take it in and feel it physically. And that speaks to me to the burden of social or emotional well-being. Certain things that you might not be able to confront emotionally might seek a certain way for them to come out and part of the purpose of this conversation is to see how best you can be there for gen z within their emotional well-being so the who world health organization defines mental health as a state of complete physical mental and social well-being and not only the absence of disease or infirmity. And this becomes very important for us to understand that when we speak of mental health or emotional mental well-being, it's not only uh, the absence of in disease or infirmity, but it also has to do with your mental, physical, and social well-being. Because sometimes you can be healthy physically, but emotionally be uh, disabled or not be able to fully function operate at your best performance. Mental health is a state of well-being in which an individual realizes his own abilities can cope with the normal stresses of life. In the recent episode, you spoke about the stressors, which we'll talk to as well. And one of them surfacing Gen Z was school and how the workload is quite a lot. So having a healthy 
mental well-being would speak that you're able to cope with uh, the normal stress of life i think school ought to be normal because it's part of the rite of passage so if it becomes overwhelming how do you deal with that it can be work as well productivity and you're able to make a contribution to your community and that's you being mentally well i love what c.s lewis says when he speaks of mental well-being uh, getting a great wage. He says, Main, mental pain is less dramatic than physical pain, but it is more common and also hard to ignore. Uh, and this is true or hard to bear rather, because oftentimes when it comes to mental pain, uh, it is less dramatic than physical pain because physical pain, you like feel it, you need a panado for it. But my question is, what, what paracetamol do you take for uh, stress or for anxiety or for um, low self-confidence or for not seeing yourself a certain way that you ought to see yourself? What medicine do you take? It's easy for you to go to an optometrist and get uh, prescribed uh, glasses when you can't see. And that's a norm. It's fine. You just need an aid that can help you see clearer. And it's not a stigma that, oh, you come from an optometrist, you're blind, you're short-sighted, you color. It, it's just like, in fact, uh, there's a study, a research study that I was reading that speaks of how when you actually wear sunglasses, you come across as wiser or smarter. Like some of people even in this room now, uh, there was a time where I had so much pressure where I nearly bought spectacles because everyone in my family has glasses, I think, except me. Uh, and, 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 I, and, and I'm perfectly fine, but I wanted to get glasses simply because I wanted to appear when I speak or come into a certain room to come across as smart. Uh, and I'm saying this to speak to how it's fine when it comes to physical uh, things that we do. But if you were to say, I come from a psychologist or I come from a counselor and I'm dealing with one, two, three, four, it comes across as a stigma, as if uh, you're psychotic, you are broken. And that's the stigma that I think we need to remove amongst Gen Z. So just maybe to sweep through, I'll just take three common disorders. I'll take anxiety disorder and, 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 and maybe self-harm and anger. There are quite a lot of factors that contribute to mental health problems, including biological factors such as genes or brain chemistry. And this is where you might even inherit depression and anxiety. And again, you can inherit it, but it's you. I always say this, you are not responsible for the person you are because your upbringing has created the person that you are. However, you are responsible for who you become. Uh, and that's where, yes, I've inherited it biologically, but what am I doing about it to change? Life experiences such as trauma or abuse, which is quite true, because growing up, you might be exposed to a traumatic incident or abuse. It can be rape, it can be being molested, it can be neglect, quite a lot of different things that can actually cause you uh, mental health problems. And you need to confront that family history as well of mental health problems. Uh, there's actually 450 million people who suffer from uh, neurological disorders, and this is the global perspective. 300 million currently affected by depression, 60 million by affected by bipolar affective disorder. So there's quite a lot of, the stats are just quite alarming. They, 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 they very alarming. They very alarming. Just a few myths as well before I delve deeper into the three that I mentioned. Uh, people with mental health issues are violent. This is a myth. Not everyone who has mental health issues is violent. Others just take it in, they're quiet, but they are quite aggressive internally. So not everyone will have an outburst uh, for you to see that this person is actually going through mental health challenges. Taking a pill 
cures mental health problems. That's a myth as well. There's no pill that you can drink. I know it suppresses some of your hormones and causes you to stabilize, but it doesn't cure mental health problems. There's no pill that you can drink and say, all my problems disappear. For example, school, which is a stressor. I drink a no school pill and then school disappears. There's no pill like that. You just need to confront it and we'll talk to that. And recovery from mental illness is impossible. That's a myth. Mental illness recovery is definitely possible. I know one of the uh, learners or one of the community members, Nicole, will talk more to that as well. I know in a certain season in her life, she experienced that and she's in a better season now. Uh, and that speaks to how it is possible. It is possible for you to recover from mental health. So depression, what is depression? Which is the first one I just want to give an overview. Depression is a low mood that lasts for a long time and affects your everyday life. In its mildest form, depression can mean just being low in spirits. It doesn't stop you from leading your normal life, but it makes everything harder to do and seem less worthless. At its most severe, depression can be life-threatening because it can feel suicidal. So there's quite a lot of things that contribute to depression. So what causes it? I spoke a bit to life events. Um, there are several causes that cause depressed. Others can be depressed without any obvious reason. But one of the things I would encourage you is to find triggers of why you are being depressed. Sometimes it can be your diet, uh, sleeping a lot. Sleeping a lot can also lead to depression. That's why I encourage people who are not possibly working to be productive because the more you sleep, the more depressed you get, the more you feel like life is caving in. Everyone is against you because you've got nothing productivity. One of the things to cure productivity at an entry level is uh, not productivity, depression at a key entry level is productivity, being productive, exercising, taking a job, taking a walk. There's quite a lot of different things that can be done within depression. Another thing is anger. Gen Z, one of the stats which I also read recently is how anger you know, is quite alarming. You guys are just very angry at a lot of things and sometimes angry at your parents, angry at even things that are a privilege, but to you, it seems like it's a right for you to have them. So we all feel angry at times. Uh, it's part of being a human being. It's a normal emotion. It's healthy. We might experience it if we're feeling attacked, deceived, frustrated, invalidated, or unfairly treated. Uh, it's, so anger is actually part of the feelings that we need to experience. However, when does it become unhealthy? Anger only becomes a problem when it gets out of control and harms you or the people around you. So this can happen when you regularly express your anger through unhelpful or destructive behaviors, where you just become destructive because you're angry. Your, or your anger is having a negative impact on your overall mental and physical health. Your anger goes, becomes your go-to emotion, where you block out your ability to feel other emotions. But every time your first response is anger, that's quite unhealthy. Or you haven't developed healthy ways to express your anger. And then lastly, let me deal with... Um, Self-harm, 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 self-harm. Self-harm also stems a bit from anxiety oftentimes where you feel worried, tense, or afraid, particularly about things that are about to happen. So, so the difference between anxiety and depression when I was studying psychology was to me how I interpreted it. Depression had a lot to do with uh, the past, things that have happened uh, in your past. So it became like a bit of a review mirror where you'd reflect on where you come from and how that has affected you. Anxiety, on the other hand, would be your, uh, your, 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 your windscreen, which speaks of the future, where you are going. So being anxious of things that are yet to happen 
uh, or things that might happen in future. For example, you're anxious about how COVID has affected uh, the landscape of university. Will I be fine? Will I have a job? Will I find res? Will I be able not to study online? So that causes you to be anxious, which is also a natural human response when we feel we are under threat. It can be experienced through our thoughts, feelings, and physical sensations. So when then does it become a mental health problem. This is when your feelings of anxiety are very strong and they last for a long time. So this is where it's not just a few minutes or hours or days, but it, days translate into weeks, weeks into months, months into years, then that's a problem. Or your fears or worries are out of proportion to your situation where you exaggerate your feelings over the reality of the situation you are faced with to the extent that you avoid the situations that might cause you to feel anxious. Or sometimes you even find it hard to go about your everyday life and do things that you enjoy. And these are part of the things that lead to, 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 to anxiety, to the extent that people might even start indulging in self-harm, being suicidal. Uh, so how then do we help people who are dealing with some of these social ills, which we'll talk to uh, in today's podcast episode. And I think that as an overview to mental health and maybe now tailoring it to us as Gen Z, I, I don't know, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts? Let me go around the room. What are you thinking? What, what, how best can we deal with it? How are you experiencing it? Maybe let me start with Nicole just to share a bit of your story and then we'll open it up for discussion. Welcome back um, to the table. For those who have not known you, we've got Nicole, we've got Zolani, Snovuyo, Kenzani, Inam, Valeria, Zanzibar, and Nompumelelo. Uh, they won't introduce themselves. You can go back to the part one so that you can get to know a bit about them, how old they are, what they do, so that it's actually a build up from a recent conversation. So welcome back, and I'm glad to have you guys uh, in conversation. Um, good morning or good day to anyone who's listening. Um, yo, I really haven't shared this story in public, so please bear with me. So uh, just a, a brief about what actually happened to me uh, last year, which was 2020. I was in matric. I was elected the president of my school. I was set out to have the best year of my life. And then COVID hit our shores, and I, I, I think I didn't take that very well. Um, thus, um, uh, I think COVID hit uh, SA shores in March, and then uh, I, around I think April or July, uh, I was diagnosed with depression with signs of bipolar. And with me looking back right now, because I'm currently taking a gap year. It's because I didn't accept the change that was going, like that, that, were, that came with COVID-19. As Use had mentioned that um, depression is more of looking back to the past of how, what happened to you in the past. And for me, I think it was trying to, to do school and study the, way, the same way I used to study before COVID. And I think that really affected my mental health my mind didn't take it very well, and I pushed myself and I, until to to the limit. So, yeah, but uh, definitely there is a cure to to depression or any other mental illnesses that you're dealing with, and the pills don't do much. And I learned that the the hard way. 
the pills are just to balance the hormones in your brain because if you're you're depressed, the, the, there's an imbalance between your happy hormone and your sad hormone. But the real work comes with you. You have to pick up yourself. You you have to find yourself again. And I think that that is the most challenging thing for for Gen Z because we are not that emotionally intelligent and we do things in secret that's resulting to self-harm or suicide. Hmm. Thank you so much, Nicole, um, for vulnerability and for opening up. And, and I know uh, it's something that you are, and I'm excited for you and this journey because I think you're doing so well because not a lot of people come out of that dark hole and not a lot of people reach out and seek help. And I commend your intentional leadership in pulling yourself out and, and helping other young people. I strongly believe you're going to help them, even the, those who will be listening, because I think it's a reality. Oftentimes we can sweep it under the carpet and speak as if it's something that doesn't exist, but it's a reality. Even as you said, how you had expectations of going to varsity and how you had to unlearn and everything happened so quick. I think the thing about COVID, it just happened so quick. Now we on lockdown level five. Now we home, now we online. Now we, it's like everything is happening and we just need to adjust and people are, humans are creatures of habit. And now all our habits are changing and it becomes quite overwhelming. Uh, and it can have adverse effects to our mental health. So thank you so much for that, Nicole. Let's go around the room. What are your thoughts? What, 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 how do you perceive it? How can we deal with it? How, how, any concerns or what are you seeing? What are you feeling from the ground? Um, Bumi, you can jump on it and then we'll throw it to Zolani as well. And then Kenzie, and then we'll just keep having conversation just for a few moments together. Um, greetings once again. Um, Yo, the conversation around mental health is a very big one uh, for the young people uh, of this country, of this society as a whole. Um, it's not an easy thing for everyone to talk about, um, which is why I really take my hat off to Nicole for sharing her story with us. I think it's going to make great impact in the lives of many young people who have gone through what she's gone through and was still to go through it um yo seeing like walking around a school and seeing cuts on people's forearms and thighs is not an uncommon thing these days uh personally i have a lot of close friends who sometimes they pull up their sleeves and i see those cuts and the painful thing about it is that though we see them, they're quite clear. We all sort of understand and we don't want to talk about it. We don't want to ask about it. And I don't know what it is that we are to do when we see such, to be honest. I don't know. Um, I have a friend of mine, two friends who struggle greatly with their um, mental health to the point where um, sometimes I have to visit them in hospitals, you know, um, because they've had such great fits of anxiety that just make them unable to do anything. And it's a difficult thing to see, especially when you see it happening to people that you love. And how are we as young people going to help those who 
we see having these problems every single day? You know, what is it that we can do? Um, I think a lot of the things going on in our society contribute to the prevalence of mental health in our country. Um, some people uh, were molested and raped in the days of their their younger in their younger days, and family members refused to admit their their wrongs in the situations and. These problems were not sorted out and solved in the earlier stages. And in growing into these years of being a teenager, a young man, a young woman, these issues come up again and they come up to be so much bigger than they ever were before. And they cause a lot of disruption to the life of a teenager, you know? I think. We, we, we discount a lot of and discount and discredit a lot of the things that happen in our society and we think that they'll make no impact. Abantubas over strong, you know? I'm not gonna take long, let me just give an example. Um, we heard this week um, about the high levels of teenage pregnancy in Gauteng, I believe. I believe they said there was about 3,000 girls pregnant at this current moment in time. Um, 10 year olds to 18, I believe, was the, the range of that, that, that study. And everyone's response is, I'm disappointed in the young girls and women who allowed such and such a thing to happen to them. But I don't think that's the way we should be looking at the situation. I was talking to a friend about this and a thought came to my mind. When you listen to many young girls' stories about how it is that they would have become pregnant at a young age, the chain of events usually goes as follows. You start talking to a guy. Sometimes guy is your age, sometimes guy is older than you. What happens is without you knowing it, without you expecting it, this person um, uh, finds a way to be in a secluded space with you and they sort of force themselves upon you. Rarely is it a girl who says, hey, let's go and do this one, two, three. A lot of the time, the chain of events is, oh, come on, baby, <laughs> things like that. And we don't want to admit that. We keep on saying girls are wrong, girls are wrong. And we don't understand that whether such a thing takes place with a peer or a guy older than you, this thing is right, rape. This thing is rape because you revoked consent at some uh, moment in time. And there are 3,000 girls pregnant at this moment in time. I don't know how many of them got pregnant uh, in the circumstances that I've just described right now, um, or within that chain of events. But I think it's a lot of them. And how much trauma could that have caused within our society? 3,000 girls, how much trauma is that? You know? And we refuse to say, look, man, this is going to cause adverse effects that we know nothing about in a few years' time. That's why some girls and women end up um, resenting their children and hating them with every fiber of their being. 
you know, and you don't understand because you know, I don't know, but I'm just saying we cannot discredit and discount the things that are going on in our society. I think they contribute a great deal to the mental health of the young people living in the country. Um, but yes, that's my thought. Okay. Um, so well, my thoughts on like mental health, and I think I'm just going to speak from my experience. And, and to be honest, um, fortunately enough for me, I was raised in a progressive, I guess you can say it's a progressive household because in terms of like um, traditions and stuff, we don't really um, try to, to conform, not conform, but like, we, we still do acknowledge that, you know, we're Zulu people and all of that, but it, but it isn't like we close off our, um, <laughs> our um, horizons, I guess you can say, um, because with, in terms of mental health, especially in many African cultures, it's not even a concern because it's not, it's not even a thing because, you know, if you feel sad, boo-hoo, you're sad. Everyone feels sad type of thing, you know? And, and like, they never consider that mental illness can affect you physically even. You know, some people will feel sick and there's obviously your self-harming and all of that. They never understand that aspect. And I've seen it with my grandparents. They've 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 had like friends um, or people they've known that have gone through like depression, and to them it's a new thing. And like psychologists or something they've never you know thought of. You know, like seeing a psychologist is is a no no. It's a bad thing. You've got a problem. You're probably violent or something like that. There's always just that association and that stigma. But, you know, with my mom being a doctor and all, I think that also definitely helped because she was able to educate them on everything. And also, like, with men, especially, there's this great burden on men, boys. And statistically, men are suffer the most from your mental illnesses because of the pressures put on them and just toxic masculinity in general and what's expected of them. So... Yeah. Um, well, my thoughts on depression and like mental health is basically, I feel like I can um, relate to the part where you spoke about excessive sleep can contribute to you being like depressed or like feeling down because I can remember like when COVID started, I used to have like, like serious anxiety or like feeling down and whatnot. And I'd actually like try to sleep so that I can avoid those situations. But only when I wake up, I find out that my problems are even more because maybe I wasted so much time by sleeping and I could have done something about it. And I just feel like, um, yeah, we should just uh, try to face our situations and not sleep because it's really bad. I don't know, man. Yeah.
Uh, good morning, everybody. Uh, for me, based on the topic we're talking about, I think it all starts with uh, self-awareness as to knowing yourself, knowing your emotions, knowing where you stand in life, you know? It's very vital to know your emotion, your emotions. Let's say you feel sad and, and unhappy. You have to know that and be intentional about changing that thing, you know? And not self-inflicting yourself, self-talking like negatively towards yourself and saying negative things as to, wow, you know, I'm worthless. Uh, it becomes a habit, it becomes habitual, it becomes part of you, and then you end up being depressed and all that. Uh, as to how you can change that, you need to talk, you need to talk positivity in your life, you know, on a consistent basis, actually. Say to yourself, every time you wake up in the morning saying, I am the best, I am confident, I can win, I, you know, continually say such things, and it ends up being part of you, it ends up being a habit, you know, and when it comes to us in general, we should we should watch as as to how we talk to other people. You don't know what the next person is going through, so we always have to be positive, talk positivity always, and give someone else hope. So I think that's how it is for me. Um, of my thoughts on the current topic that we're speaking about, um, I, yeah, I share the same sentiments as Snow here, because, like, um, most of the time, it's just negativity that makes you feel depressed, and, uh, if someone says something about you, and then you take it to heart, and everything, so I feel like, um, sometimes we should really like most of the time and like all of the time we should watch what we say to other people because we don't know what situations they are going through we don't know what is happening in their life and maybe that small thing that we said to uh, to them that to us meant nothing to them it could have been like a huge thing and made them break down in such in some sorts of ways so i feel like it's just watching what we say to other people. And also us personally, we should like develop that self-awareness of always pushing ourselves, pushing ourselves, pushing ourselves and saying, no, I'm better. I'm better at this. I'm good. I'm confident in all of those things and be confident in yourself. Yeah, that's how I feel. Um, thank you so much. Uh, well, what I want to say before I begin is to congratulate every listener who's Gen Z for being so fortunate to hear about all um, the experiences about mental health, because I think it's something that I wish uh, had happened to me so that I, I would have known that there are people who actually go through this and you're actually not alone. And even if it comes, you don't have to allow it to define you. So my experience actually was anxiety and I wasn't even aware that um, I was so anxious about the little things. And I was also doing matric last year. And I remember one time when I was supposed to actually go write um, physics, I think we had a test and I just woke up I studied the whole night, but I woke up and cried and I felt like everything was too much. 
but um I didn't understand that I was actually anxious and I went there and I wrote and you know I I started asking um postmetrics about um the experience in metric and uh fortunately one of them spoke to me and was like um I didn't have experience of anxiety and then that's when I was only aware that oh maybe I'm going through something and I'm not aware so I had to sit down with myself and try and understand why exactly am I behaving the way I was behaving and um it actually helped a lot because I was on take your lead and fortunately um we used to speak about how we we have to actually speak positivity to ourselves and the sad thing about uh, anxiety is the fact that um you're robbing yourself of the future that um you actually initially have to have or you can give to yourself because most of the time you speak you you see things as negative whereas you know that you're capable and um one thing that can help you is to always uh like nicole said understand or especially if you're a person of faith understand that god always has like the best plans for you and what's what uh is there for you is to just to relax and understand that um he is in control don't try to be in control of your life because not all the plans we have are god's plans and in whatever that you're going through be it at school stressing you or it's at home just constantly pray about it and ask god to help you like overcome it and yeah thank you um i feel like i didn't actually um finish what I wanted to say because I was just like in the moment but um when I was talking about how men are um you know they suffer from mental illness the most I think a practical way of actually resolving this issue is trying to um create an equal uh playing field for both men and women because I feel like men are have so many expectations on them and then women not so much and by trying to level it out it could actually resolve the problem because many unemployed men feel you know worthless and all of that stuff and it's because of all these expectations placed on them and sometimes it's almost out of their hands you know because of you know the states of the country especially with with covid and all of that there's nothing much that they can really do but when you place all these expectations on them it really does wear them down um there's one more thing i wanted to add when it comes to such things is actually the power of actually talking with someone like expressing yourself and talking to the next person to the next person in terms of your emotions because when you resolve and bottle up all those things you have the anxiety the depression you actually hurting yourself so much it's much more easier to have the courage and just talk to someone you know if you have much more you'll be much more relieved actually i've experienced this i was much more of an introvert when i was young and then i started talking with my mom much more right now I'm much more confident i love myself more and i'm much more happier so talk just talk just talk
Uh, okay, thank you. So I think I'm talking about what rules, you know, just talk about what we should talk. Don't keep it inside. We should find a person or find a way to express our feelings, whether you're going to be talking to your mother or a school counselor if you have at your school or something just to get it out in, yeah, just to get it out. Yeah. This is such a fascinating conversation. There's really so much that we, I think what I'll do, I know we're already on part two, uh, we'll, we'll schedule. I think after this, we'll come again and have another conversation because I know as everyone is sharing their thoughts and their experiences, there's quite a lot that begins to resonate and that we would like to contribute to. I'm just going to pull three threads as we bring in our plane for landing. Uh, Zolani said um, uh, that men feel a burden and sometimes even more than women. I saw Mbumi like women. And the funny thing is because everyone has their own, there's pressure literally for all the different genders. Uh, for example, part of um, as a postnatal depression for females. Uh, to them, that's like a lot. Like my body had to go through all these changes and now I need to deal. So it's quite different levels and different ex experiences that we face, which are unique but not peculiar to a specific gender. And one of the things about uh, mental uh, health as well is how oftentimes if you do not speak, as Osnovuyo was saying, you might isolate yourself and think that it's only you who's going through that and it, and it gets exaggerated and you think uh, there's no help for me, there's no hope, I'm going to die. Only to find out when you talk to someone else, just maybe they went through that or they're going through the same thing. And that community begins to help you navigate uh, that particular season of life. So I want to emphasize firstly uh, the importance of speaking out and finding someone to talk to. As Inam shared, it can be a mother, a father, or a school counselor. And I really encourage schools to invest in counseling. Um, if it's a psychologist, if it's a mentor, if it's a coach, if it's such a program, take your lead program, it can even be a friend that you trust, but find an avenue where you can have healthy conversations because certain healing also takes place through conversations. And then secondly, um, uh, the, the toxic masculinity, which uh, I think it was uh, Zolani as well who spoke to that, as to how specifically to us as males, not to think we are immune or we are Rambo, <laughs> we, 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 we men of steel, just deal with your emotions, confront them. Uh, this is how I'm feeling. And, 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 and be honest, I think we also need to create a culture amongst men where we're vulnerable when it comes to our emotions. And then lastly, there's quite a lot, uh, naming your emotions. I think uh, that's very key, being able to, and it's part of the um, self-awareness, which most of you guys spoke to, why am I feeling sad? Why am I feeling happy? Why am I feeling this type of way? Because once you name it, you are then better positioned to do something about it. And that comes with knowing uh, your emotional well-being, your emotional triggers, and then being able to move in the direction of facilitating a healthy environment for your emotions. So there's quite a lot of things that you can do at a certain level to grow within emotional intelligence. And I encourage you to do so. And then lastly, prevention is better than cure. Sometimes you don't even need to get to mental illness in order for you to experience mental health. Choose mental health rather than illness. Because some of us think I need to first to be ill before I can experience health. And that's not true. There are certain steps that you can take uh, now if you've not gotten to the extreme of experiencing uh, 
different mental illnesses, where you can just cultivate a attitude or an environment of mental health that will be so beneficial to you and everyone around you. And so thank you so much once again to you podcast family for listening to the end. And I strongly believe that this conversation is going to help quite a lot of young people, parents, leaders, coaches, and people who are in a position to help Gen Z. Please do share it with your world. And do remember to download the podcast episode notes, which will be a great tool, which will summarize the thoughts which were shared and give you practical application to your context. And then to you, uh, take your lead community. Thank you so much for being part of this conversation. You guys are so brilliant. And I'm so excited to be able to pour into you guys' lives and to see you become all that you've been created to be. So till we meet again next time, I'm going to ask you to unmute your mics and let's send them off. Uh, till one, let's get everyone's mic off. Let's go for it in one, two, three. Till we meet again next time, continue to take your lead. Well, thank you for joining us on Take Your Lead podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you can get new episodes delivered directly to your device as soon as we release the new episode. And for show notes on today's episode and on previous episodes, just go to www.nzwandilemakakula.com. And if you are a fan of the show, we would love it if you'd give us a review and help us spread the word. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time on Take Your Lead Podcast.